What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Nice to have you with us for another episode of your favorite little sports talk uh, podcast. Got a good show for you today. I'm going to talk about the NFL training camp and uh, a couple items that are that stick out to me, storylines heading into this 2019 uh, training camp NFL season particularly with the Dallas Cowboys and the uh, Cleveland Browns. I'll touch on that today. I'll touch on the Major League Baseball trade deadline, which is uh, Wednesday, the 31st of July of this upcoming week. And I'll even give you a movie review of uh, the new Marvel movie that has came out recently in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And to help me with the three out of the four segments of today's show, I have on good friend of mine, friend of the program, who we had on last week as he was bouncing around uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, that's at some cousin's wedding of his, uh, giving us insight on uh, Sputnik and Apollo 11 is our good buddy, Brendan Dillon. Brendan, how are you today, pal? Okay? I'm doing wonderful. Obviously, it's 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 always a pleasure to be on your podcast, and I do it willingly anytime that you need me to be on here. So yeah, I'm here. Good to see y'all. Good and, to be, uh, nice to be talking with you, Jai. Good to be talking with you, Brennan. Thanks always for you coming on. Uh, first things first, before we get to the NFL, take a break. Then we get to the NFL. I want to lead off our show with something different, and I said. In the uh, in the introduction, that I was going to be doing a movie review of the movie Spider Man Far From Home. Brennan, you're the guest first. Tell me what you thought of the movie and be- give your basic review of the film. Go ahead. Well, uh, what can I say other than that? It's probably one of the best live action Spider Man films that I have watched. Um, uh, it's just. Pretty much, it's not a Spider-Man film as much as it is a film about Peter Parker coming into himself after the events of uh, Infinity War. Endgame. And, it's Endgame. And, Endgame. I, I, yeah. Well, no, but, but both of those movies, because they both right. go, go together. Right. Uh, so, um, he, uh, in, in the movie anyways, you can see that he's trying to recover from the loss of Tony, Spar- Tony Stark. And if you haven't watched either of those movies, well, I'm sorry, but spoilers, that's just customary for talking about movies. Yeah, um, if, if you haven't listened to this, uh, if you haven't seen any of those movies that I suggest you skip to like the 20-ish minute mark when we uh, talk about the Cowboys or turn the podcast off immediately until you've heard it because this opening monologue between me and Brennan as we go back and forth here is consists of spoilers of Endgame and of Spider-Man Far From Home. You may continue. Hopefully you bleep out what I said then because I just spoiled like one of the biggest parts of Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, hey, I should have warned him first. But anyway, yeah. you may continue. Um, basically, basically Peter Parker's like Figuring out, I guess, the outcomes and like his relationships with people after the events of Endgame and uh, struggling with the loss of his mentor and basically seeing all his friends again after that long mission uh, in which he took down Thanos. He, um, 
he doesn't really like the responsibility that's being placed on him after the death of Tony Stark. So he really is trying to just basically live his life away from being Spider-Man for a bit on his summer vacation. But lo and behold, since it's a Spider-Man movie, he ends up being forced to go into action and help his classmates on their uh, summer vacation. And yeah, they, they are in a lot of cool places all over Europe and there's a lot of cool destinations in which there's a lot of awesome fight scenes. Uh, the main villain Mysterio is also really cool, but I'll let you speak about that, Jai. Well, Mysterio kind of hides himself as an ally to Spider-Man in the very beginning. Yeah, he he hides himself as an ally to Spider-Man. They take down the weird monster things that would come up from the earth and start attacking things. So Spider-Man and Mysterio are in a bar. And Spider-Man, Peter, Peter Parker, talks about how he really doesn't like the responsibilities of being Spider-Man and everything else. So, And he basically says how he wants to uh, get with the girl that he likes, MJ. Which, Mm -hmm. first off, before I go any further, I would have liked it, and I'm not just speaking for me, I'm speaking, Brennan can speak for himself, but I'm speaking for me and the other people out there that think this too. I would have liked the movie to give me some sort of premise of where Peter developed feelings for MJ, because in the first movie, she was just some weird, ridiculous character that would say the most random things ever you know she was i mean she was like that she was an outcast so to speak and and peter had gone out with the girl who's part of the homecoming committee that was vulture played by uh, michael keaton was Mm -hmm. uh, vulture's daughter and the whole idea i mean like what what happened with peter and that girl you know, from the first movie. How did Peter all of a sudden change his feelings from that girl to MJ? The movie doesn't explain that. And I, for one, would have liked to have seen them, like, explain or give me some scenario of how that happened. Because how he just jumps from one girl to the next in a span of one movie, I, 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 I'd, li- I'd like to know. But... He basically wants to be with MJ, and Mysterio tells him, eh, why don't you do it? And Tony Stark gave Peter a pair of his glasses. That's, what was the acronym it said for? Uh, Even Dead, I'm the Hero. Yep. Edith. Yeah, and it had and it had like this, all this all of Tony's uh, software that he had when he was alive, basically in those glasses. Mm-hmm. So. He basically gave him Mysterio, and Mysterio basically used Tony's stuff to, uh, you know, to, like, to get revenge because he and all the other people that posed as like customers in that bar were people that were turned down or turned away or fired from Tony Stark in previous Avengers slash movies in the MCU, and it's basically trying to uh, be the next Tony Stark, but in an evil manner. 
me personally, I thought the movie was I thought the movie was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was an okay movie. It relied on a bunch of gimmicky crap that that draws to the younger teenage audience like me and you, Brendan. My my father certainly didn't care for the movie. My mother, she liked Spider-Man Homecoming better. I thought the movie was okay. You know, my sister wanted to put it in the Hall of Fame, give it Oscar for Best Picture of the Year, but that movie was not a great movie. It was an okay movie. I disagree. I think it's one of the best live-action Spider-Man films because it's an emotionally intelligent film that doesn't portray itself as a Spider-Man film, but it portrays itself as a Peter Parker film with Spider-Man in the film. And um, a lot of Spider-Man films seem to forget about the fact that Peter Parker is actually a character and it's just a lot of action. And in that movie, you know, the hero is a character and he has feelings and emotions. They really work in, you know, the grieving process and how he's coping with the loss of somebody he cared about a lot. And I think that that makes the film a lot different from, well, a lot of regular films that you see super superhero genre wise, like, it's a very, very smart film, and I think that that's kind of what what I want in a superhero film, and I think that they should do that more, because fact of the matter is, Tom Holland's a great actor, and he can play those emotional roles, and to he have can. that also with all the action is pretty amazing. Also, I wanted to say on your uh, MJ thing, where basically there was no real, like, I guess foreshadowing to the aspect that that was going to happen well there was you uh, you remember the scene at the end of homecoming they uh talked to each other at the very very end before um tom holland left to go to the starks industry or whatever where he was almost turned into an avenger before infinity war and um they definitely had some chemistry to begin with. They were definitely friends, uh, and you know, you know. But, I, but it's the, but it still doesn't explain what happened with the relationship he had with the girl. He he basically left her at the homecoming dance, and we never heard from her again. No, and, no, you and, did, you did. If you there's also another scene at the end of that movie where they end up talking for a short time period, and she's really really sad, and. He Peter's sorry about what's happened, and the girl doesn't want to talk to him anymore because he left her at the homecoming dance. You know, it, there is a closure in that aspect of the movie. Actually, I'd have to. I'd have. I'd tell you. I'd have to rewatch that. I don't remember that. No, I, like they closed everything perfectly, and they set it up really awesome for this movie. And fact of the matter is, I couldn't ask for a better film when it comes to Spider-Man film because it really delves into the character and the personhood of Spider-Man and how he really feels. You know, he doesn't really want that pressure and responsibility put put on him at such a young age. And he's trying to find himself just like anybody else at that age would be trying to find themselves. Which, you know, is very good. A lot of films seem to miss that aspect, especially the older Spider-Man films. They miss that aspect. But Peter Parker is actually a person. Yeah, that's true. I, I just I thought the movie was okay. You know, I, I didn't think it was that. I mean, you I mean you like it for obvious reasons, and yeah. you kind of 
you, you're more intellectual than I am, so you can kind of like gauge things from an intellectual deeper level than I can. Me personally, it didn't stink. It, there was there were funny moments in the movie, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Ned, Ned played by uh, Jason Bat Balalon Bat Batlaton Baton whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> he 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 makes those uh Spider-Man movies. He he's like he like steals the show every single time. But I mean it's an okay and Samuel L. Jackson, boy, what what actor Samuel L. Jackson is. Always the best. And I Always. could not believe he that man is seventy years old. And A looks as good as he does, and B is as damn good an actor as you're ever going to see. All right. He does not look I, 70. <laughs> oh, no, no, he does not. And he is funny. He I tell you, he 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 is funny. He is he and oh my Nick Samuel L. Jackson is, is a is a top of the line, top of the top of the uh Top of the food chain type actor. He is phenomenal. But again, I thought the movie was okay. Not, not great. I, th- I thought it was okay. Was it better than the Spider-Man Homecoming? In my opinion, no. I think also, I think the movie Miss Tony Stark and Miss Robert Downey Jr.'s presence in the film because he became... I, I don't know. It's just something about his character and just something about him that like makes you know those Marvel movies. It gives it that uh that it has. I don't know. Jai, I do have a question. What do you think about the uh, twist ending? The twist. Jeez, I have to go back. Like, what? That refresh my memory with the ending. Let me hear. Well, the first ending. Well, there's actually two end oh, credits. Oh, scenes. oh, are you talking about the end credit scenes? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, there's okay. two end credit scenes. They're well, oh. one's like a twist ending, and the other is really weird. And that's at the very end of the movie that you have to sit through every single credit scene to get to. So yeah, that that yeah, that's another thing. Uh, Marvel. Okay, we got to stop with these mid credit scenes that take us an extra half hour. I mean, the movie ends, and we have to sit through the uh, the dopey theoretical credits with the little montage in the background with the music. Okay, I'm sick of sitting through the sitting uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes into these credits, having to watch these dopey asinine mid credit and post credit scenes that we just have to watch, or else the next movie we see it won't make any sense. I mean, oh my god! If it's that important, put it put it in the regular runtime of the movie, please. I mean, that's one of my biggest pet peeves with Marvel is these stupid, asinine mid and post credit scenes. If I really love th- them. If it's that important that it relates to future movies, put it in the regular movie, please. Instead of having to sit through fifteen minutes of stupid credits, you know, nobody cares of uh, about the person that got uh that got uh. Uh, who's the director of this movie? Nobody cares about who got uh, Kevin Fenge's who produced the movie. Nobody cares who got Kevin Fenge's or Emmy Pascal's water, okay? Nobody cares. Nobody cares of who gave John Watts his uh, back massage at uh, 8.30 in the morning on uh, on an obscure day in the middle of June during filming. 
Nobody cares, okay? Guy, come on. Come on, though. I, I, gonna, I don't like him. I, have sorry, to, I, I have don't to like disagree because, like, it gives you – it really makes the ending a lot better, in my opinion. I don't. It gives I, me – it gives, I, I makes me – it makes me anticipate because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Especially this end credit scene. Did you watch this end credit scene and how amazing it was? The second one, the second one made no sense to me. Okay, the second second one was like, what was even the point? The first one, I think that's more like an overarching end end credit scene. Like, I think that the point of the second end credit scene with the scroll and then Samuel L. Jackson was um, there's something bigger going on because Samuel L. Jackson is in space for some reason in that credit scene. And there's no real explanation as to why he's there or what he's doing there. So, kind of exciting. But the first... The, the first one the first one pissed me off. I'm just why? Right now. Because, it's, I mean, everyone's really going to believe that because he edited footage and was... So when they do stuff like that, it just and then we all know in the next movie everybody's going to be against them. It's going to be this whole pissing match between Peter Parker and the media and everybody. Oh, uh, please cut the crap, will you please? When they slip in and try to throw in those phony, stupid twists like that, uh, really? I mean, really? Trying to project him, trying to project Peter Parker to be something that it's not. I mean, I could do without that, please. I mean, and and the fact that it just randomly, just suddenly, just pops on the screen at uh at a Times Square and Peter Parker's standing there, everybody looking at him, and everything. Oh my gosh, I'm, I could do without that. I think it's really cool. I thought it was, I thought it was one of the more exciting end credit scenes. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe that they'd go that route and reveal his secret identity. Not even like in a fair way, like you know. Tony Stark's secret identity was revealed, but this is just like completely unfair, out of nowhere, revealing of the identity of Spider-Man. And to make it even worse, he's in the middle of Times Square, so I don't know how they're going to start the next movie. It must be it must be a pretty hectic, crazy scene. And then to also make him out to be a super bad person. So yeah, obviously I think that it's going to end up being like a. Spider-Man versus the media in a certain sense. But also, I feel like the villains from this movie are going to come back because, you know, the all the dudes who were related to Mysterio all got away with their stuff. That's true. So I think they're coming back. Also, J. Jonah Jameson's back, and that's amazing. I'm really, really happy because he's a hilarious character. And the, uh, the Rami Spider-Man films... They were, well, he was by far probably one of the best characters in those movies. Always hilarious and always funny to see interact with just random characters. So, yes, I'm excited. It's going to be really, really awesome whenever it does come out. Uh, Like I said, okay, not great. But me and Brendan, Mm. me and Brendan agree to disagree at that one. Yeah, we take a break. Brendan will be back. We'll get to some NFL training camp right after Yay, this. Yay! So excited. Welcome back to Amatelia's podcast. Special co-host guest uh, Brendan here, along with your boy Josh. Hold on. 
switching gears now back to the world of sports and in particularly the National Football League as it starts as teams, all 32 teams across the league start their 2019 NFL, or excuse me, their 2019 training camps. More in particular, do Cowboys first take a break than do uh, the do the uh, Browns and the Bengals a little bit because we got some news out of Bengals camp that we have to uh, take care of. Yay. Let's start. Let's start with the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys first, and the fact that Ezekiel Elliott did not get on the team plane to California, which for some ungodly reason is where the Cowboys hold their training, training camps. Camp. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I'm gonna get to Jerry Jones in a minute, but Vera. he then get he then aboard the plane because he is seeking a contract extension. Brendan, give me your thoughts on Zeke holding out a training camp when he's seeking a contract extension. And by the way, he has I think he has two more years left on his rookie deal. It's expected. He anymore. That's basically what he's telling us. And he wants that contract extension so he can be overpaid so he doesn't have to play his ass off for the next two years. Um, honestly, it's pretty hilarious that it's happening the way it is because he's not going to get that contract extension. He's going to look like a total diva or just not play or get traded to somebody. There's a lot of options that are going to happen as it goes down the line if he doesn't show up, which, you know, I think he's kind of made the point now where he kind of – if he does show up, he's gonna look like a huge idiot. So, I mean, he he doesn't. It's not even if he doesn't show up at all. He's already looked like a huge idiot, and let me tell you why. Why? This is a guy, Brendan, that has gotten into trouble many a time. Okay. True. True. This this is a guy that has been caught on tape. Taken down a woman's top on at a St. Patrick's Day parade. Funny. <laughs> okay, this 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 is a guy. This is a guy that was suspended last year for was it last it was was it last year or the year before last? I think it was, I think it was uh, last year. No. I'm okay. It was 2017. He got oh. suspended. Your poor last. Yeah. For domestic for domestic violence issues. Got suspended. Never charged with, but got suspended. Six mm-hmm. games. Yeah. This is a guy that's been in trouble. Not taking tops off of women. Not knowing how to act in public. With the domestic violence situation. And the most recent overall bad person, yeah. right? And the most recent episode shoved a law enforcement officer. It's That's not did, didn't face the whale of suspension from uh, Gingerbread Boy and Roger Goodell, but still not a good look for a first round running back. Nope. And this is a guy who again has two years left on his rookie contract. This year, two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty. Okay, two years left on this rookie contract, and has had numerous, numerous amounts of transgressions in his career. And I got Ezekiel Elliott basically telling Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and his 
to stick it where the sun doesn't shine and is saying, I'm going to hold out. Ezekiel Elliott, who, who the hell are you? Okay? You, you, you're not Emmett Smith. You are not uh, Herschel Walker. You're Ezekiel Elliott. You're a good, you're, you're, you're a better player than Dak is, but, but let's not get it twisted. Okay. Dak Prescott has the advantage of playing the most valuable and the most important position in the sport, which is quarterback quarterback. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's not as good as he's not as good as Dak is skill wise. No way. Yeah, no. But you know what? Dak isn't. Dak doesn't get in trouble off the field. I don't see him misbehaving around women. I don't see him getting into altercations with law enforcement officers or security people or people of higher authority like that. I I, I don't I don't say I don't see Zeke doing that, or or Dak I should say. I don't see Dak, you know. Acting like an idiot, hold it, holding out. Uh, big, I mean, I don't see any of that. Dak is the type of guy that shuts up, puts in the work, goes out there every Sunday, and takes care of his business. Now, I'm not a doc. I'm not a Dak fan. Certainly, I'm not a Dak fan or a Cowboy fan. But this is ridiculous. Okay, you are Ezekiel Elliott. You have. I mean, you've only been in the league since 2016, and it seems like every year there's something about you in the headlines for off-the-field crap because you can't behave yourself. Yeah, it's always been a problem with him. I don't exactly understand how he can't just keep normalcy. Because of the fact – I mean, you can't – and again, it's not like this is a contract year for Zeke. This is not a contract year. You have two more years. Two. Okay. Le'Veon Bell, that was a contract year for him last year. You have two more years. Two. This season, 2019, and next season, 2020. Okay. Two more years. And you're going to sit up here and have the temerity, the audacity, and the unmitigated gall to sit up here and have the nerve to hold out of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I mean, Zeke. I mean, I mean, I mean, Zeke. Are, are you really kidding me here? I mean, this is a player that has misbehaved himself since his days in college. Even in college, the red flag. There, they were red. They were red flags about. They were. They were red flags about. Uh, about his behavior. All the time. All the time. And the Cowboys were like, and the Cowboys were like, no, he's that talented of a player. He, I, he's that great of a running back. I got, I got to take a chance on him. Which they did, and they ended up drafting him. But at the same time, you cannot, under any circumstances, give this guy an extension. I don't care how many touchdowns he scores. I don't care if he leaves the league in rushing yards. I don't care if he. I don't care if he gets the Dallas Cowboys all the way to a Super Bowl. You do not, under any circumstances, give him an extension. Right. Because it's not just about what you do on the field. 
It's about how you behave yourself and how you carry yourself when you're not on the football field. And it seems to me and everybody out there, when Zeke Elliott is off the football field, he gets himself into a world of trouble. Pretty and, I mean, I, I swear, every year it's always something. And the, and the Dallas Cowboys would be – and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones would be morons to give this jerk a contract extension morons and they should get every and they should get everything that comes their way they give him which, an extension which is probably the reason why they're going to end up extending him Jai. he he they give Zeke an extension and you hear down the road he beat he beats up his wife and and it's gonna be pretty shit, funny. And and and, ro- and robs a store and kills a store manager. I don't think they he's deserve, gonna do that. They deserve everything they get, everything, because you, this man has showed you time and time and time again that he does not deserve a contract extension. Doesn't deserve it. He is a selfish player because of his stupid, immature, childish actions that he has displayed while on that, while off that football field ever since he's been in the NFL. And the Cowboys would be idiots. Jerry Jones, I don't care about his stupid three Super Bowls that were 25 years ago, Jerry. Let's wake up. 2019, we got iPhones now. Wake up, okay? Nobody cares about your stupid three Super Bowl rings that you rode the, to- the coattails of Jimmy Johnson and uh, Barry Switzer for the last one to get. Nobody cares. Which even makes it a bigger joke that he's in the Hall of Fame, but that's a conversation for another day. But the Cowboys and Jerry would be absolutely idiots to give this man an extension because he clearly has not proven with his behavior, with his lack of good behavior off the field, that he can be a trusted with that money, b be trusted with a long time long term contract, and c can be trusted as being a focal point and an anchor of that offense and of that football team. He has not proven it whatsoever. Which is the exact reason why will be why they will be signing them, because you know the Cowboys. Kind of, that's kind of their ability to make decisions. So they're going to sign him back. You know what's going to happen. And and the thing that makes it worse is that they could honestly let a franchise quarterback go. Now, Dak Prescott. Now, don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott is no trade. He's not. Dak Prescott isn't a franchise quarterback. Well, Let's not argue about that. He's pretty good. He's not a franchise quarterback. Continue. Continue. Well, well, still, don't get. Dak Prescott, we agree on this. He's no Roger Staubach. He's no Don Meredith. Look him up. And he is no Troy Aikman. Okay. No way, yeah. He's no Troy Aikman. He's no Roger Staubach. And he's no Don Meredith. Under any circumstances, is he nearly as good as those quarterbacks are? Or were, I should say. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, this is the NFL. Okay. Quarterback is the most valuable position out of the fit out of the uh out of the all of the positions in the sport okay you cannot win in this league without a decent quarterback okay i mean <laughs> you can get you can get away with it at times you know the 2000 ravens uh the the um i guess what you say the 2017 eagles i guess you could but the mm. 2000 Ra- i think i think that the the uh, what 2008 Bears 
Yeah, 2008 Bears with Rex Grossman. That's the 2006, one. yeah, but they didn't win. They didn't win. No, no they didn't win, but they went. They went, yeah, that's, that's all that matters. That's all that's true. But the point is, you cannot win in this league without a quarterback. It, it is almost, it is one of the hardest, hardest routes to a championship football team is, is uh, putting together a team and you not having a decent quarterback. And he plays the most valuable position, which is in Dak's favor. Also, he has in his favor the fact that he, uh, the fact that uh, he doesn't get in any trouble. But when Zeke's off the field, he is not that good. But he not plays no. a vibe. But the two things that 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 gives the leverage, as our buddy Colin Coward would say, to uh, Dak Prescott. He plays the most valuable position in the sport, and he behaves himself. Zeke is better than Dak, far better than Dak. Zeke makes Dak better, not Dak makes Zeke better. But Zeke is an absolute headache and a nutcase off the football field. And for Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Jason Garrett, who are saying this too, for any of those three knuckleheads to actually ponder the decision of giving him an extension, is an idiot and needs their head examined. Okay, yeah. I, 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 make, make a tra- if you need a running back that bad, make a trade for Saquon Barkley. He knows how to behave himself and knows how to carry himself. Okay, that that that's a professional that knows that that knows that what he does off the field affects affects what he does and what he makes when he's on the field. Zeke Elliott is clearly too stupid to realize that and put two and two together. He's busy eating himself at a house and home, looking like a fat homeless Ewok walking around, look like he had a had hasn't had a decent shave and a haircut since uh, 2017. Walk around looking like a looking like an ugly troll. Please, Jerry and Stephen. Okay, unless you want to be the laughing stock. Of sports, and you're already a laughing side because you've done nothing since the mid-90s. Absolutely nothing but stink up the joint and steal headlines for stupid crap that has nothing to do with winning football games. But if you want to continue to be that laughing stock and walking piece of sorry mediocrity that you are, by all means, sign Ezekiel Elliott. If you're smart and if you're worth your soul, you don't do it. You give Dak the extension, and you have no problems telling Zeke that, and and tell him that if Zeke has such a problem with not getting a contract extension, I'd tell him Zeke, why don't you man up and grow up and and act like a man and and act like a mature, responsible adult, and then maybe we can talk about getting a contract. Fact of the matter is, it doesn't really matter what you say, Jai. The outcome is still going to be the same. They're going to re-sign him for an exorbitant price, and I'm going to laugh so hard. And it's all because Jerry thinks that, you know, since he's a renowned name, he's going to make something for himself. But I'm going to tell you, fact of the matter is, it is going to be hilarious when that backfires in their face. And you can already see it coming from literally, like, 10 miles away. So, you know... Just sit there and wait, wait for it to happen. I'll tell you now that, you know, you come back to this three years from now and you'll agree and be able to see what I'm talking about right now. Jerry Jones, most of the way that he wants to build his team isn't by being fair or appropriate or signing good people or good players to his team. He just wants to win. It doesn't matter how he wins. So, you know, you'll see the outcome. 
I don't need to tell you any more about it. Just just watch the news. I mean, I mean, and another thing, and another thing. For Jerry Jones to sit up there in the opening press conference, their first press conference at the start of the training camp, for him to sit up there and to – he got asked – I don't know if you heard this or not, but he got asked about does Jason Garrett's future depend on – his future with the Cowboys depend on what he does in 2019? And you know what Jerry Jones said? He said, next question. Now, Jerry, you, the temerity, the arrogance, the audacity, and the undermitigated gall that you just sat up there and pissed on that media member's question. Come on, next question. What do you mean, next question, Jerry? This is a this is a man that has repeat two playoff victories as his tenure as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Two, two. Yeah. He, I mean, even Skip Bayless will tell you that. I mean, and he and he's just as crazy as a as a nutcase of a of a sportscaster personality that you can get. But he can even tell you all it is. They call him Coach Clap for a reason. Eight and eight, seven and nine, six and ten, and occasional ten and six or twelve and four, like we saw in two thousand sixteen. Two playoff victories in his tenure. Ain't going to sit up here and, and say with a straight face, come on, next question. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jer- Jerry, can we wake up, smell the roses, and uh, get our head out of our hind parts for a little bit here? I mean, next question. What, what, do, you think this, what do you think this guy is, Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson? What do, you mean, what, do you mean, what do you mean, Jerry, next question? Again, two playoff victories and as a tenure as the Cowboys. Two. You've done that a long time. Two. Okay. Yeah. You as a franchise has done nothing since Bill Clinton was president. Nothing. And I'm I'm looking at your schedule. You play the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins in the first three weeks of the season. There's no excuse. Now Brandon's gonna say two and one because they play as Redskins, but exactly. there should be no excuse why you shouldn't why you shouldn't head into the Saints game on a, on a Sunday night on September twenty ninth. With a positive that, record, with a positive right, record, with, right? Either two and one or three and zero. Oh. No excuses. Stop it, three and zero. Oh. No, be quiet. With no, that. no excuses. No excuses. And then you play the Giants, Vikings, and Lions. Three winnable games. You play the Patriots, which you'll lose, and then you play the Bills, which you should win. And the, I mean, there's no excuse. Talk about next question. Okay. Well, Jai, 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 if if in this weird alternate universe they don't re-sign Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know about them winning all those games. You're saying, man. Um, I, 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 I Jerry Jones. I mean, what, what a nerve! What the what a nerve! He, Jerry Jones. I tell you, man, Jerry Jones got some nerve. I swear. I mean, he won. He has three Super Bowls to speak of. He's been the owner of the Cowboys. He's himself. He's been the owner of the Cowboys for th- for thirty years, and he has three championships to speak of. Robert Kraft has been the owner of the Patriots for twenty five something years and has six championships. Now, Robert Kraft is no model citizen by any stretch. Him bouncing <laughs> around Boca Raton, Florida, with Asian prostitutes in a in a uh, nail salon. Don't get me started with that. But let's be fair. Robert Kraft has done more 
in the past 20 to 25 years as Patriots owner that that Jerry Jones hasn't done in his 30 years of being owner of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, who does I mean, who does Jerry Jones think he is? Paul Paul Brown, George Halas? Give me get, get the heck out of here talking about next question. Yeah, Jerry Jones, what do you, what do you think you are, the president or something? God, you, how dare you question me? I'm Jerry Jones. Get out of here with that crap. We please answer the freaking question. You the one that 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 drug your team from Texas, from Arlington, Texas, from Frisco, Texas, out to Ox, Oxenford, Oxford, California for your stupid training camp. You're not even a California-based team, but you did it because of media coverage. And you want to have the and you want to have the local California media markets and everyone from Texas and Dallas and San Antonio to fly up and cover your stupid cowboy team. But yeah, you you did it because you wanted more media exposure. And when one of the media people asked you, "Well, does this season have any effect?" Of uh, Jason Garrett's future as head coach of Dallas Cowboys, you're gonna sit up here and say, "Next question, Jerry, what the heck is wrong with you?" Next question. I mean, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, Jason Garrett is is uh, Jimmy Johnson or something? He, he two, again two playoff victories. He beat the Lions because of the help of ref ball, and he barely, and I mean barely. Beat the Cowboys. I mean, I shouldn't say barely, but he luckily beat the Seahawks back in January. Where if Daryl Bevel or if, yeah, if Daryl Bevel wasn't so busy having his stomach his up his butt crack, calling stupid uh, run plays on third and seven out the shotgun formation, the Seahawks <laughs> would have won the game. They wouldn't have even played Los Angeles. Oh, that's funny. And, I, and, I, and I got Jerry Jones sitting up here opening press conference at training camp talking about next question. Jerry, shut up. Answer the question. Be up. If you, if you don't know, just say, I, I, I don't know. We'll, I'll, I'll talk about that and, and, and I'll get to that when we cross that bridge. That's all you had to say if you didn't want to answer the question. But next question, when, when your head coach has had two playoff victories in his career and has more mediocrity around him as a coach than you can shake a stick at, you're going to sit up here and talk to me, talk about next question. Give, uh, give, give me, give me, give me a break, Jay, Jerry Jones. Whoa, what a fraud he is! What a freaking fraud, Jerry Jones. Oh, give me a break. Next question, and and again, you give that, you give Zeke that contract, and a everyone will laugh at you, and b you deserve every, you deserve everything that comes in your way. From, from every transgression that Ezekiel Elliott commits. Because I do not believe, Brendan, that this will be the last time that we hear Zeke Elliott getting into trouble off the field. Because that guy is a pure head case. They're not going to fix the problem. And they probably won't even try to fix the problem. They don't care. They just want to win. But Jerry ain't ever going to win. Spoiler alert. That organization ain't ever going to win anything under him. So, it's just sad. And the fact that he is in the Hall of Fame is an utter joke. Has literally done nothing since the mid-90s. Done nothing. Hasn't won a thing since 1995. Not a single thing. Not a thing. And he's in the Hall of Fame is an utter joke. And nobody cares about how much money he's made 
the Woody Johnsons and the John Maras of the world. Nobody cares. Okay, he, he is not under any circumstances a Hall of Fame owner. Okay, he, he's he's won three championships and they're all over 20 years old. Okay, he has done absolutely nothing since 1995 as an owner and his team. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And and has and has had three or four playoff victories since 1995. Has absolutely been a complete laughing stock and a complete low cows of franchise since that 95 Super Bowl. Has done absolutely nothing. And the fact that he is in the Hall of Fame is a joke because he is not a Hall of Fame owner by any stretch. Again, one more time. Bobby Kraft has owned the Patriots since the mid-90s. He has six Super Bowls. Jerry Jones has owned the Cowboys for 30 years and has three with the same core, and they're all over 25, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. I know, I know uh, Jerry Jones. Oh, my God, don't bother me. Anyways, anyway. anyways, we're, how about some of the other training camps, Jerry? I'll get to those other training camps. I'll get on uh, the training camps in the state of Ohio with the Browns and the Bengals right after this. Yeah. Welcome back to my Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Back with special guest Brendan Dillon. Here to switch gears now to the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, the two Ohio teams in our little training camp. It's funny, me and Brendan haven't talked NFL since the Super Bowl, and I haven't really have a deep dive into the NFL since the Super Bowl. But hey, training camp football season right around the corner, so why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So real so I, I and me and Brent are gonna go back and forth with this. But again, Baker Mayfield can 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 he just shut up? I disagree. Like, like, can can Baker Mayfield be quiet, please? Like, guy, can, guy, can, guy, I disagree with you totally here, and you always make this dumb argument. You know what? <laughs> I don't care if Baker Mayfield's full of himself at this point. He's on the freaking Cleveland Browns, Jai. One of the worst franchises in NFL history and ever. At this point. He can say whatever he likes as long as no, he's no, he can't. for that team. No, he can't. I can no, care can't. less. You Brendan, can, you, Brendan. You, you can dislike him as much as you want for trying to keep his team together by being a leader for his no, team and no. you know speaking his mind and being honest about you know how he feels about things. But fact of the matter is he's a good guy. He's good, and his team hasn't been good in ever. So, you know, he's making the best out of the situation he's been put in, and I can't be upset at him for how he acts. He's performing, Jai. Brendan, uh, no. He, he, A, he does not have the right to call out his teammates. Brendan, this is a guy that was a walk-on at Texas Tech. That it makes got, the story even better. That, that got outplayed by Patrick Mahomes. Went to Oklahoma and did not bring his team home in a Rose Bowl game against Georgia. This is a guy that had the opportunity to knock out 
the Ravens, uh, knock the Ravens out of playoff contention and keep them from winning their division at home in week 17 for the second straight year in a row. He had a chance to do it. He had a chance to do it, and he did not bring his team home. He did not. What did he do? He threw an interception that I could have caught to C.J. Mosley right directly to him and could not bring his team home. I don't want to hear about Baker Mayfield. He's not Otto Graham. He's not Bernie Kosar. He is not uh, Johnny Unitas, okay? He is none of those guys. I, I, I don't want to hear I don't think he's ever claimed that he 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 was he, one of those. No, I know well. you didn't claim. I'm I know I know what you said. No, I don't think he ever claimed that. It's not it's not about it's, Brandon, sometimes you gotta go by people's actions and go by their body language off of what comes out of their mouth. He cause yes, he may have never said that, but he sure carries himself like he's done something and he's done absolutely nothing. What what a, a stupid Heisman Trophy that he got a few years ago? Nobody cares. Okay, Trent Richardson got a Heisman Trophy. Look where he's at right now. I mean, give me a break. Can Baker Mayfield like have Cleveland win a division, have a winning record, go to the playoffs and win a playoff game or two before he starts running his mouth? I mean, can, can he do that? Would that be too much to ask? I don't need to hear every little thought that comes into his head. I don't need to hear it, okay? I don't need to hear that. There are, there are professions that are out there that are made for people to speak their mind, like like, like sports casting and, and, and uh, talk radio as far as news and politics are concerned. That there are platforms out there for people to speak their mind for that involves their professional career. Okay, Baker Mayfield's job is to play quarterback of the NF for the NFL's Cleveland Browns. Okay, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Ben Roethlisberger, he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not Russell Wilson. Can he shut up? Get the Cleveland Browns. No, win win them a division. Win a playoff game or two, heck, even hell, even make the Super Bowl before he starts talking. Can he do that, please? I, I, I am sick and freaking tired of hearing him bumping his gums and yapping about every little thing that comes to his mind. Talks talking about how the Giants, how how the Giants, they didn't show up for Odell. How Giant fans didn't show up and weren't there for Odell Beckham Jr. When they were still on the seats out left and right and, and stood behind this man every step of the way, but it got to a point where they couldn't put up with his crap anymore. I mean, this is the same guy talking about Giant fans, not them not showing up to games, logging through that tri-state area traffic, a place for the Cleveland Browns who who can't draw flies because they haven't won a could because they haven't won a freaking thing since nineteen since nineteen sixty uh nineteen sixty four. I mean, I got Baker Mayfield telling me that now. Well, again, a stupid Heisman Trophy. That is it. You are not a national champion. You, please, shut up. Go out on the field. Have Cle- win Cleveland a division, win them a playoff game or two, and then maybe you can start talking. Yeah, I mean, it looks like guy, it's gonna happen. Th- this this is a guy that walks around and thinks he's Otto Graham. And then and basically walks around thinking that he is the new LeBron James of Cleveland, which he is not. Okay, when he wins something and has a little dirt in the spikes and has something underneath his belt, okay, 
then maybe he can go ahead and talk. When he's done absolutely nothing as a quarterback in college or in the NFL, I don't want to hear. Okay, if Andy Dalton can drive down the field that consisted of pretty much the same Ravens defense to knock them out the playoffs in a in a uh, Week 17 game in Baltimore in front of that raucous, crazy, ha- amped up, hyped. Adrenaline rushed fan base. If any Dalton can do it, Baker Mayfield can do it. And Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than any Dalton. But let's call it like we see. He has done nothing on the professional level as of yet or the college level. Can you do something first before you start bumping your guns and running your mouth? Please. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Ryan. But his actions are completely justified. How are they justified? Well, because, Jai, fact of the matter is, do you want to unify as a player around somebody who doesn't think he's the shit? Often than not, less often than not, you want to be around somebody who thinks that he, they can win anything, especially in sports. Tom Brady, think, because, Tom Brady thinks that. You don't hear Tom Brady running his mouth every five seconds. Because Tom Brady doesn't need to run his mouth. He needs to run his mouth. To unify that team, he needs to talk and be as vocal as possible. Because without that, their team is basically just a bunch of really, really bad players with no heart. He's giving their team heart, and because of that, along with great drafting, they're now one of the teams that a lot of people think is going to go to the playoffs. But, again, he has done nothing to earn that right to open his mouth. Who says he needs to earn it? Because you do. You don't sit up here and a young whippersnapper in the NFL, wet behind the ears, breath smelling like Simlac, and sit up here and open up your mouth and, and think, hi, I'm Baker Mayfield. I think I'm LeBron James. And start He's playing as mouth. a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, a crappy team that hasn't been good in such a long time. People who were alive in that time period could have dementia or Alzheimer's by now. Is fact of the matter is, he can do whatever he wants as long as he performs. And, you know, that's how I feel about it. Let him, if he doesn't perform, then, you know, maybe there is some point to what you're saying. But it looks like he has performed just as good as he could physically perform given the situation he's been put in every single year that he's been out there. He, he still... Pipe down, Baker. Pipe down. Get some dirt under your spikes, okay? You're not Otto Graham. You're not Russell Wilson. You're not Aaron Rodgers. He's never made that claim. He's never made the claim. But but he sure walks around and acts like that he is. Which is which is what I have a problem with. When you walk around with that cockiness and that arrogance that he has, acting like that he basically invented football and that he is the second coming of uh, Otto Graham. That 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 pisses me off, and that bothers me. Him picking fights with uh, with Hugh Jackson over the over the because he went this because his pal Marvin Lewis gave him a job after he got fired. Oh, shut up, Baker Mayfield, will you please? Why don't you worry about reading defenses and scoring touchdowns rather than worrying about your ex coach's whereabouts and, and and where he goes to find another NFL job? I mean, I mean, really, the the nerve of Baker Mayfield. 
the nerve. I mean, I mean, but, I mean, can you win something first before you start walking around and acting like and acting like a cocky? You know what? I mean, I mean, can can you do that first? I mean, out of well, Jai, out of all Jai, I think you just are gonna have we're just gonna have to wait and see as to what he actually does. I think we're just gonna have to wait and see. Maybe what you're saying is justified, but as of the moment, I think that he's gonna perform very well. I I, I tell you, I will. I you who, let me matter of fact, let me look up the Brown skills. I'm telling you right now, I will. I will. Like hell, that the Browns do every single because of him. Now the fans deserve it. Now, even though the fans are a bit delusional, thinking Super Bowl, but anyway, but the fan, the the fans deserve better. But I'm telling you right now, I will root like you wouldn't believe for the for the Browns to lose literally every possible game that they can, from Week One against the Titans all the way up to Week Seventeen. Against my, I will. I, I matter if they play week six against the Seahawks, but I'm gonna get one of Ian's jerseys and put them on and start gyrating. I tell you, I'll hope they lose every single game because, because th- this is this. I can't take him. I'm sorry, he is so tough to take, so tough to take. Uh. <laughs> But he, I, 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 I can't, I can't. I, I know you love him, and, and and the reasons that you gave, I mean, they're good reasons. I mean, I, I can see and I can respect why why you say that. You know that the Browns kind of need a little fire and a spark under them. Having a fire and a spark is one thing. Being arrogant and and cocky to the point where it makes you appear condescending is something totally different. Totally different. And Odell Beckham Jr. now. Odell Beckham Jr. talking about you felt disrespected by the Giants when they gave you a huge freaking contract about nine months to a year before you got traded. Odell, shut up. He is another person who I have a pro- who I have a problem with because he is a guy that is known for one thing, one thing only: a stupid catch on a on a losing team. The the, the Giants were like six and eight, one, six and eight, six and nine when they made that stupid catch. Uh, nobody cares. It's a it's a stupid catch that's been overplayed and over replayed millions of times, and has done nothing, absolutely nothing, since that stupid catch. He he still he still lost the game even after he made that catch. Right, which is it. So doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But it's like something that is such a big deal for a lot of people. But you know, fact of the matter is, he needs to perform to the level that he says he is. And I haven't seen that from him he, as of the moment. He to a he to a degree should should he is and I know this is shocker here but he shouldn't be the one to talk. Because unlike Baker, he has played in the NFL a little bit and has been in the playoffs. And the one playoff game he played in, he it's horrible. He he, he, it's he, the worst. he he flooded himself with piss, he stunk. He stunk the joint so badly. He vomited all over himself. Every single time he turned around, Eli was throwing him the ball. Was the ball was sitting right in his hands, and he was dropping it. I'm mean, after, after he, right after he went to a yacht in Miami, partying up with Justin Bieber after they won a meaningless football game the day before against your Redskins. And I got him partying out on a yacht, and a week later he drops every – he couldn't catch anything but a cold in his first ever playoff game in the NFL. Oh, and, 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 this is a, and this is a guy, Odell Beckham Jr., 
who who thinks he's essentially Jerry Rice. I mean, give me a break. Give me a both of them, Baker and Odell. Shut up and win something first, and then you can talk. Baker, shut up and make sh- shut up and uh, get and get the Browns to a, to the playoffs first. And Odell, you shut up until you make the playoffs consistently and consistently por- perform well in the playoffs, and not go into the playoffs and finish the day with six receptions, ten drops, and twenty three and twenty three yards receiving. How about that? Anyway. Yeah. Switching gears now, uh, the news that broke and happened earlier today is that pretty uh, funny. Uh, us, us as Bengals fans, we we can have we can have no nice things. I swear, we can have no nice things. Our star wide receiver AJ Green suffered a it appears to be an ankle sprain. That will have him out for quite a few for quite amount of time. He had to leave the practice on the stretcher and ended up in crutches with his ankle wrapped up. I mean, I mean units lost is right. I mean, Brandon, where did our Bengals go from here? I mean, and and another and like and like and we discussed this when we started recording. The Bengals do not win when, when AJ Green's not out on the field. Yeah, they do not win. Yeah, I don't think that they'd win even with him out in the field this year. That's my opinion on the matter. No offense, Jive, but you guys, especially with Andy Dalton starting as quarterback, I don't really think you guys have all that great an opportunity. Andy Dalton, I, 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 if this is me, this is Andy Dalton's last year. I, I'm telling you, it's put up a shut up time. If you don't. If you don't take us over the hump and either and, and get us to a point, if you get us into the playoffs, if you don't win, it's put up a shut up time for Andy Dalton. And if he doesn't put up and, and show out and doesn't perform up the snuff, he, he can take a hike because he is no winner as an NFL quarterback as far as I'm concerned. I think the, the, I think, and I continue to th- think this and say this, the peak of Andy Dalton's career was 2015 when he set the world on fire, and unfortunately he broke his thumb, and the Bengals went with A.J. McCarron, who pulled off some Nick Foles-like stuff that nearly, nearly beat the Steelers in the 2015 wildcard game. And I still think this, and I will continue to think this, and I will continue to say this to my grave, I sincerely, sincerely believe that that was the Bengals' best ever chance to go to a Super Bowl. To my grave, I will think that and I will believe that because Andy Dalton has never played like that prior to 2015 and has never played as great as he played after the 2015 season. The, the defense has been as dominant since, and the offense has never been as fluid and as great as an offense since. That Fair was enough. a team that finished the first half of the season 8-0. and And if they would have won a couple of games down the stretch, they would have had one of the top two seeds in the AFC. And to my grave, I, am, I will be thoroughly convinced that that was the Bengals' best chance to to go, not even who knows they would have beaten the Panthers. They probably wouldn't have. But I am convinced to this day, three four years later, 
that that was the Bengals' best chance to win a Super Bowl with that group. And, and, Andy, and Andy Dalton got injured, and it, it fell apart from that wild card game. It, it fell apart. Unfortunately. And, and, and the fact that we have to worry about A.J. Green's health is just depressing and just knocks the, knocks the wind out of you as, as a fan. I mean, because he honestly is our star player, and he's heading into this year, this 2019 season, is a contract gift for AJ Green, and he deserves every penny. But the thing that's going to get in his way is the fact that he cannot stay healthy for a full season to save his life. Because every time you turn around, there's some injury. That is bugging AJ Green. It's just always something with him. Injury prone. He's like the uh, Reed of your team, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you could say that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you definitely, definitely could say that because every time he turn around, and and it's not. Just, and I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. When AJ Green is not out on that field, the Bengals nine times out of ten don't win because he is that vital to our offensive success and our success as a ball club. When he's not out on that field, the Bengals do not win. And that is fact. That is fact. Brendan, I want to thank you for co-hosting this uh, little portion of the podcast with me. I greatly appreciate it. Hope we'll have you back on again, especially closer to the NFL uh, season yeah. as it starts up in 2019. Maybe I can come That's back your... next week and we can talk about uh, my training camp. Maybe. Oh, oh, sure. I mean, come. You can come back next week. We can talk Redskins. Sure, sure. Cool. We'll get that situated. We'll talk uh, Redskins uh, training camp with Brendan next week. But in the meantime, as we say goodbye to Brendan, I will. Uh, do the last segment of the show solo. Yeah, MLB will... trade trade deadline. Let's go. I definitely know a lot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Brendan's funny, but uh, thanks for joining us, Brendan. We'll talk to you uh, later. Yeah, and I'll talk to you, the audience, in the next thirty seconds. Welcome back to my tell I can tell I is podcast uh, special again. Thanks again for. Uh, Brendan, for joining me and being my uh, special guest co-host for three-fourths of our show. But I'll take the uh, last one-fourth of the show uh, solo, and I'll do that to talk to you about the 2019 Major League Baseball trade deadline. With the new rule changes, only one trade deadline, so there's no funky trades. August 31st, a la Justin Verlander in 2017, so this is the one and only last call only uh, trade deadline in the 2019 uh, MLB season. And we'll touch on uh, really the big name, and that is uh, Madison Bumgarner. You're hearing talk about the fact that uh, Farhan Zaidi, the uh, Giants GM, not looking to trade Bumgarner because the Giants have really set the world on fire the month of July. They're two games above 500 at 53 and 51, even though, even though they're losing at the time of I'm recording this uh, podcast. They're losing against their division uh, rival San Diego Padres by a score of 5-1 to one in the bottom of the seventh inning. But this is the team that has played excellent baseball in the month of, uh, the month of July. That has that won their last game and is eight and two in their last ten, 
and uh, currently are two games out the second wild card spot. So this is a team that you know you're hearing talks. Do they trade? Do they trade? And should they trade? Uh, uh, Bump Garner. You know, see what see what you get for him and everything else. Me personally. You make a run. Last year with Bruce Bochy, like I said last week, you got plenty of postseason experience on that roster from Brandon Crawford, the Posey, to uh, Bumgarner, of course, the manager. This They still have a good part of their championship core still intact. And, they're, and I'm telling you, if I'm a Giant fan, there's nothing, nothing I would love more than to be it, than to be an 86-87 win team, win the wild card game, beat either somebody from the National League Central or the Nationals, and go into a five, best of five series uh, against against your division rival, the LA Dodgers, where the where basically the where they finished in the division is out the window. It's mano a mano who wins the most games, who wins the who wins three games first wins. I would love that as a giant fan. And if I'm a giant player or a giant GM or anyone involved with the, with the San Francisco Giant or, organization, I would love to go into a five game series against a division rival Dodgers who are probably going to win about a hundred something games and here we are you know we've won about 85 86 87 88 games we go in there playing with house money three again dodgers haven't won a championship since 1987 they're they're going to be statistically the better team if that ha- were to happen and they're the one that has most pressure on them not to foul up in the divisional series or the nlcs and to make it back to the world series and for them to win it so they have the most pressure out of Anybody heading into the 2019 postseason, and if the Giants got the opportunity to play the division rival Dodgers in the best of five game series, they'd be playing with house money, and I would love that because basically, if I'm a Giant fan, it's like we can't lose. We got our three, we have our three championships. Nobody expected us to be here. We played excellent baseball from basically July 1st on, and we're playing our division rival, hated rival, going back to the days of the uh, of the New York Giants. With uh, with Willie Mays and the and the Brooklyn Dodgers back with the days of uh, Roy Campanella and Pee Wee Reese, would I mean they those two teams hate each other, but for them to play a best of five series in uh, in early October, a Giant fan and anyone involved with the Giant organization would love that, and 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 then they basically be looking at it well. All right, maybe we they want to win another World Series if given the opportunity, but they want to be realistic. You know, if they beat the if they somehow would beat the Dodgers in an upset, they'd get smacked by the uh, by the Brewers or by the uh, or they would get smacked by the Braves. And if they play the Brewers, you know, fifty fifty. But they they would love that the Giants organization would love that going to the Dodgers, go into an LDS against the Dodgers, make them sweat, and then you blink an eye and the Dodgers are swept in three games. I mean, imagine that. But I'm Farhan Zaidi and the Giant organization. I go all in, put my chips in the middle of the table, keep Bump Garner, and see if you can build your team. To make a to make a push for a, for a wild card spot, you're two games above five hundred. You're two games above five hundred. You're eight and two in your last ten games, and you have played phenomenal baseball since the month of July. 
phenomenal baseball. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal baseball. And I told you the stretch of games that they had to win, right? Uh, that I told you that they had to win? Well, they took two out of three from the Cubbies. And they they took three two they took three of four from the Mets. They took two out of three against the Cubbies, and they won their last game on Friday the twenty sixth against the Padres. I mean, th- th- I'm telling you right now. Why why not? Why not? One last time, Bruce Bochy's last year. Why not go all in, push the chips to the middle of the table, and go for it? Why not? And even if you don't make it to the World Series. Heck, make make it make it fun, make it interesting for yourself. Be like, we're not playing for we're not playing for a championship. We're playing to make to have a winning record, make it into the postseason, play the Dodgers in a five game series, and try to knock them out, so we don't have to sit around and watch another World Series World Series where they spit the bit again, a la the uh, early '90s Buffalo Bills. But anyway, that that that's that's what I would do. And as far as the Yankees are concerned, boy boy, they a hot mess. The New York Yankees have absolutely vomited all over themselves in this Red Sox series after beating two of after taking two of three of of who many who you would have thought was the nineteen ninety three Minnesota Twins after taking two out of three from them they absolutely have gotten ambushed by the Red Sox and have been absolutely disgusting as far as their pitching performance is concerned. They got blown out the ballpark Thursday night, allowing seven runs in the first inning against the Red Sox. They lost 13 to nothing Thursday. Friday, pitching vomit all over themselves, allowing Mookie Best to hit to basically be uh, Carl Yastrzemski and and hit three home runs in the first four innings of a ball game, and earlier today they lose they lose five to nine. Okay, CC Sabathia, uh, uh, James Paxton, and Masahiro Tanaka is not under any circumstances when it helping helping to win you a championship. It is not. Okay, CC's ERA is a four point seven eight, and it's five and six. Paxton is five and six with a four point seven two, and Tanaka is seven and six with a four point seven nine. This starting rotation for the Yankees stinks. It, it they are awful. They are five and five in their last ten games, and they've lost three straight. They are awful, and they still have a pretty good cushion against the Red Sox. But if they want to make any run at a World Series, you cannot, in any circumstances, going going into a series against either Boston, Tampa, Cleveland. The Twins, who even though you took two out of three, killed your pitching. You cannot going. You cannot under any circumstances going go into a best of five series, or best of seven series against the Red Sox, Rays, Indians, Twins, or Houston for that matter, with that god awful starting pitching, and 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 the bullpen who's been spotty too. With uh, Zach Brenton, who isn't exactly his uh, 2016-2017 self. You know, Zach Brenton has been Zach Brenton since he's uh, put on a pinstripes. This is the curse you get when you leave the Orioles and you go to the enemy. But that's neither here nor there. They need starting pitching. And and it's such a shame because a guy that looks like could help him in Madison Bumgarner might not move because the Dodgers, excuse me, because the Giants are playing so well. And they need him in the worst way. And 
I don't care what anybody says. Marcus Stroman isn't helping this Yankees rotation under any circumstances. He is not. Okay, he Mark Marcus Stroman is, is no uh, is no Dwight Gooden. Okay, I'm sorry. He he is not gonna make. He's another middle of the pack starter that the Yankees don't need. They need an ace, a guy a guy they can give the ball to in a seventh game of a, of a LCS or a World Series. Or a guy they can give the ball to in a game five in, of an LDS that's going to take care of business, get uh, go seven and a third, go eight innings, and and be and and uh, take care of business, get guys out, strike guys out, give the ball to uh, Aaron Boone to give the ball to Chapman in the ninth. That's what the Yankees need, and they don't have that because they have absolutely been shellacked in this series. 19 runs the first night on Thursday, 10 runs Friday, and 9 runs earlier today. They have been awful. And their and their and their offense hasn't scored more than 5 runs this entire series. I mean, I'll cal- I'll calculate it for you. 19 they scored 19 combining Saturday's game and Thursday's game and they scored 19 on Thursday. 19 and 19. They the Yankees have been outscored thirty eight to thirteen in this series, thirty eight to thirteen. They need pitching help. There is nothing else to say. I right, thank you for listening to this uh, another episode of the TIS podcast. If you're new to the podcast, you like what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give a review and a rating of uh, the podcast that you heard. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and other uh, people you run into in everyday life that enjoy a little bit of uh, sports talk from a different perspective. Thanks again for Brendan for uh, joining for joining me talking uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and NFL Training Camp. I'm your boy Josh Shields. I'll talk to you all next week and uh enjoy the uh enjoy your week, enjoy your day, enjoy your rest even whatever time you listen to this. Have a good one. God bless. Take care. I'll talk to you in the next one. See you.